the message with the Lord's help. And I believe at this time the children are going down to junior church. And so we've been continuing. If you're just back to church um, or listening for the first time online, we've been through Lent, uh, working through this sermon series on stones. And so we've been um, looking at, you know, rocks and stones. And today we're looking at this reality of to build our lives upon the rock. The statement that I wanted to say today is your house is only as strong as its foundation. Your house is only as strong as its foundation. That's a principle of building, an important principle of building. And I was thinking about um, Pisa, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, that famous tourist trap. <laughs> but <coughs> also a very beautiful place. Um, had always heard about it, and then we did have the opportunity one time to uh, enter into the town of Pisa. By the way, Pisa means marsh, <laughs> so the leaning tower that's on the marsh. Um, and so uh, we went in, you know, you kind of park outside, close to the coast, and there's a walled city. It was originally a walled city, and there's an arch, and you park your car, and you go to walk through this arch, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh my goodness, and you see the, the one side of the screen there, the left side of the screen, it's not just the tower, there's this baptistry, which is absolutely beautiful, the first round building, and then this uh, church that's just magnificent with one of the nicest and amazing mosaics of Jesus, actually quite famous mosaic of Jesus up at the front of the church, beautiful. And then if you see in the far distance is this tourist Tower, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And so they built it in the 12th century. They started it. And they found out that it started to lean even after the first layer of marble. And so they kind of stopped at the third level and left it. And then they decided to continue and finish it even though they knew it was leaning. They continued it on the 14th century. And um, it, so it was one of those things that over the years they've been trying to figure out what to do with this because it just kept leaning more and more. Actually, in 1993, they put 870 tons of lead weight. You can see that on the opposite side now that's trying to keep it. It helped a bit, straightened it out a bit. And so when we finally got to see it, what they had done, at one point there was a similar tower in Pavia that collapsed. In 1989, so they thought, well, we can't allow people to be around it or even up in it. So when we went, you we couldn't go up the tower anymore. Actually, it's a bell tower, but they had to remove the bell because they were worried about the weight of the bell would cause it to topple. And at one point, they've even cleared the apartments and the houses on the other side that were even in the area, thinking that this is going to fall. And so when we were there, they came up with a system because of an engineer where they had taken cables and singed them to the third floor and they were out around. So now you couldn't even walk around the tower because you'd run into these cables that they were using to hold this tower from falling. And you know clearly what the problem was, they started wrong. Right from day one, back in the 1200s, when they started to put in that tower, they only did a three meter deep foundation and it was put on shifting sand, on soil. 
And so it was doomed before it even started, the tower. And I guess they were, they're hoping that it will not fall. And the lean, they don't want to take the complete lean out because that's what brings the tourists and makes the money. But, you know, they found out right from day one, a house, a building is only as strong as its foundation. That's a building principle that's been around uh, forever. And Jesus himself, the master craftsman, a carpenter himself, begins to talk about something that he knew very, very well, especially those ones in construction and building know too. Uh, and I, had, I have a lot of family that are carpenters and they know it as well. That, you know, a house is only as strong as its foundation. And Jesus knew this. And so he's had this nugget of his teaching and truth, the Sermon on the Mount. That's where you get to hear what Jesus has to say and what he believes and what his kingdom is about. And so he ends his Sermon on the Mount with this very, very short little parable as Pastor Mike read the scripture for us. Basically, Jesus is saying we're all building we're all builders. The question is, what foundation are we building our lives upon? And so he tells this parable about the wise man who built his house on the rock and the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Many of us remember hearing about it in Sunday school and junior church. To really understand what they're talking about here, you need to understand Palestine a little bit. Palestine was known for its valleys and its mounts. Not quite mountains, but mounts. And, and so what would happen is it's very dry. I mean, when we picture Palestine and seen photos of Palestine, it looks really, really dry. But they would have these great rains that would come, torrential rains that would come, the end of winter, beginning of spring. And that which was a valley that looked dry, that looked pretty, that looked pristine, that when that happened, it literally would be torrential rains and it would be a raging stream, and anything in that raging stream would be washed away. And so Jesus is, knows the way that his land is in the building there, and he says the wise man doesn't go down and build his house in the valley. The wise man is willing to go up high, Build his house up high on the rock instead of the sand down in the valley. And so we have to ask ourselves today, what foundation are we building our lives upon? It is the foundation which will determine if we remain standing. It is the foundation which will determine our eternal destiny. And so are we building our homes, our lives, our houses Upon the rock. I like what Psalm 127.1 says. Unless the Lord builds the house. The builders labor in vain. See there's a lot of similarities. Oh we've lost our slides. There's a lot of similarities between these two builders. If, if we notice the two builders. Are, are two builders. There's two houses. <laughs> They're trying back there to get it back up. Two houses. Two storms. Two outcomes. Two types of men. They both heard the word. They both searched for security. They both build a house of refuge. And day after day, they have the same kind of experiences. We can see there's a lot of similarities between these two builders that Jesus is bringing out at the end of his Sermon on the Mount. The thing that was different was the location they chose to build their house 
and the foundation they built upon. So the first builder that we see in this parable is the wise builder. This wise man built upon a foundation that was founded upon a bedrock, a firm foundation. See, today to build your house on a strong foundation, you must follow the directions of the architect, of the engineer. A foundation of a house is created and designed to carry the weight of that house. Apparently, I didn't realize that, but the average house weighs 50 tons. And so you need to make sure that that foundation, crawl space, full basement, whatever way you're going to do it, you need to make sure that that foundation is able to handle the weight of that house. We have seen often the danger, what happens when somebody decides to change something in the basement, uh, decides to go in and cut through a joist because they want to put something somewhere. That's pretty dangerous because the whole weight of that house can fall. And so you need to pay attention to the blueprint. You need to pay attention to the design. And that's what Jesus is saying here. The wise builder needs to pay attention to the fact of how God has designed things. Needs to pay attention to the master architect of our lives. Needs to pay attention to the directions that he has given us. That is how God would help us to carry the weight of our lives in this world. Is because Jesus himself has given us the directions we need. We're told in this passage that the wise builder heard. The wise builder heard. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> and so we can see that it comes from hearing, but there's something else that he tells us about this wise man, the wise builder. He's not one who just hears these sayings of mine, but he what? Does. Does them. I will liken him to the wise man. So you see, it's not just enough to hear the word. What makes this man wise is that he does the word. It's an interesting passage if you move up just to verse 21 right before this. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the, does the will of my Father in heaven. See, there is a reality that Jesus is our rock, and my faith is in Jesus, and I am standing on him, and I will not be moved. All that is true. There is a point where we need to know Jesus as our rock of our salvation. We need to come to a place of faith. And pronounce our faith in Jesus. That my salvation is not found in me. My salvation isn't found in the pastor. My salvation isn't found in the denomination. My salvation is not found in my Sunday school teacher. My grandparents. It is not found there. My salvation is found in Jesus Christ and him alone. His suffering death. His shed blood for me. As we already celebrated. There comes a point. But this is the point of this passage that often is overlooked. Well, Jesus is my rock. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus is only your rock if you not just hear what he says, 
a doer. That's how he is your rock. That's very clear in this passage. Jesus is your rock because you are willing to do what he has asked you to do. You see, it is not enough to listen all week long on the radio to every preacher under the sun or to come and sit in church and hear the word week after week after week. Good that you're hearing it because that's, that's the first step. But it can only be the reality that I am a wise man building my life upon the rock, my spiritual life upon the rock, because I'm also willing to do what I've heard. It's that willingness to apply what I'm reading. It's the willingness to apply what I hear week after week in adult Sunday school class. It is that willingness to say, Lord, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What is it you're trying to tell me? What am I supposed to be doing with this word of God that I've just heard today? What does that mean for me? I like this quote. It says, Loving God more than anyone or anything else is the very foundation of being a disciple. If you want to live your Christian life to its fullest, then love Jesus more than anyone or anything else. It's, we talked about it on Wednesday night. It is about allegiance. It's who I pledge allegiance to. It is about obedience. It is about trust and obey. In scripture, the word trust is also interchangeable for the word faith. It is about faith and obey. And so I think we've lived in a world where we think it's all about, well, you know, pastor, faith is enough. Just faith. And I think we've done a terrible disservice to the cost of discipleship. There's no such thing as I am a Christian, but these people over there are disciples. Jesus is saying it's not just enough to say yes, Lord, yes, at one time in your life, and then you've left it there. It is a daily obedience to God. It is a daily obedience as we read and hear his word. We need to be there and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening like young Samuel. We need to say, God, what are you trying to say to me today? How can I apply this today in my life? To build on the rock, you need to be willing to go deep. See, when they would build their houses up on the hill, it took a lot of work to carry the stuff up that hill. Of course it was easier to build in the valley. But no, they went up with the home. And they would build it. But it wasn't just the height and the location. Then once they got there, they had to dig down as far as they needed to go to find the bedrock. And once they dug down into the bedrock, they would attach the foundation there. And they knew the house would not be moved. Because they were willing to go down deep. My friends, today there's no easy way to say it. If we're going to follow Jesus in these days, we need to be willing to go deep. We need to be willing to be people who are reading his word and spending time together with brothers and sisters in Christ and praying together. It's going to take work and effort and patience. And so we need to believe what God says. We need to live it. We need to trust it. We need to apply it. We need to pray according to his word 
in our lives. And so building your house, your spiritual house, upon the rock means you're going to do what Jesus says. There's a lot of people in church who will say, Pastor, I'm here. I'm the choir. You're preaching to me. I'm here. And praise God, you are here. And those online, that's the first step. We give God the praise for that. And you say, well, I come Sunday after Sunday and I hear the word. And that's wonderful. But notice that both men heard the word. See, it's not like this is, this are the people in church that hear the word and this is for those outside. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying it was for all of them who sat that day on the mount and listened to the Sermon on the Mount. And they were all there hearing. And then Jesus chooses this parable to close with because he's saying it is not enough that you've heard this. Now go live the life. Now you have to put it in practice. They both heard, but there was only one of the two that chose to do what Jesus said. And so building your life on the rock, my friends, is doing Jesus' teaching and, and what he says. Now, of course, we're, none of us are perfect, but it is a willingness to at least try. It is a willingness to at least say, Lord, I want to take my life and use it for your glory. I want to take my life and, and, and make it and build it around the reality of your teaching and your beliefs and what you would have for me in my life. Do you realize today that Jesus wants you to succeed? He, he wants your family to succeed, your marriage to succeed, your family life, where, where you work in your profession. Jesus wants you to succeed. And so he's given the directions and the teachings to help you to live a life to what? To the full. But it's your choice. Whether you're going to listen, yes, but also obey. I like what somebody said. Knowledge must become action. Theory must become practice. Theology must become life. Salvation is not based on what we do. We made that very clear already. Our salvation is based on Jesus Christ alone and our faith in him. That's where salvation is. We can't obey to be saved. But since we are saved, Jesus is saying, then you should listen and Obey. A businessman well known for his ruthlessness once announced to writer Mark Twain, Before I die, I mean to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I will climb Mount Sinai and read the Ten Commandments from there out loud. Mark Twain said, I have a better idea. You could stay in Boston and keep them. And so then there's the foolish builder. <coughs> the foolish builder, Jesus is basically saying, don't be like him. He built on sand. See, the foolish man, as we already said, all also heard the word, had the same truth, same opportunity, uh, has the same intelligence and capability to build. But his foolishness is shown in the fact that he does not secure the truth by putting it into practice. That's what made him foolish. He had learned and heard 
but did not put it into practice. He's not necessarily a bad man. We don't hear anything there that he's evil or bad. He's just short-sighted. He knew about building, but seemingly didn't consider the importance of the foundation. He didn't think it was important to invest in it or to take the time for it. He looks for the easiest way out. He doesn't want to go down deep. He's constantly cutting corners. He doesn't want to do the hard work or spend the extra time or, or the resources. You know, after all, I'm busy, Pastor. I don't have time for that. And so this person is actually very lazy when it comes to their faith. I, I think one of the laziness that happens in our, in our day more than ever when it comes to faith is we're wanting it second and third and fourth and fifth person. We're wanting someone else to do the work for us so we can get a little snippet, just enough to get by. Mediocrity. And Jesus says, oh, foolish. How foolish that is. An elderly contractor, and he was a master carpenter, and he had come to a place where he was just tired and he wanted to retire. He told his employer of his plans to leave the house building business and to live a more leisurely life with his wife, enjoying his extended retirement. He would miss the big paycheck that he was getting paid, but he needed to retire. They'll just have to learn to get by, which is the reality of retirement, isn't it? The contractor was so sorry to see this master craftsman to be wanting to step down. And he says, well, there's just one thing left that I would like you to do. Would you build just one more house as, as the last thing that you do under my care and in my company? And, and so this master carpenter builder agreed to that, knowing that retirement would soon be there after the house was finished. And so he began, the person who had spent all his life and did a spectacular carpentry, everyone could tell his heart was no longer in it. He started to do some pretty shoddy work, and it was beginning to show. And so he couldn't wait to get this house finished so he could start his retirement. And so finally it came to a day where he had done it. And when the carpenter finished his work, the builder came to inspect it and had a look at it, shook his head a bit, and the contractor handed him the front door key. And he resorted, <laughs> although to the shoddy work, and he said, this is now your house. It's my gift to you. James warns us in chapter 1, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It all can look good, my friends, when people look at the outside of our houses. It looks so good when people can quote scripture. And hear me right, it's good to quote scripture. It's so great to memorize scripture, yes. But you hear a lot of people who can build a house that looks good to others on the outside. A house of righteousness that just looks so lovely. But unfortunately, it has not been built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. In obedience. And ultimately, it's shoddy work. Ultimately, it becomes worthless. The value is not there. And what Jesus is trying to say in this parable, ultimately, it will 
Cromwell. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. There are two kinds of people. Those who hear Jesus' words and follow them, and those who hear and don't. Jesus equates the latter with foolishness, and for good reason. He is wisdom personified. Anyone ignoring, ignores him to his or her own peril. I cannot say enough that God wants you to succeed. He wants all of us to succeed. But here's a reality of this parable I think we all need to hear. Oh, joy, Pastor. Storms will come. If you notice, the foolish builder and the wise builder both face the same storms. And so Jesus is almost preparing people to realize storms are to be expected. Storms will come. So you better get your life and your house in order because storms do show up. You are not somehow exempt from the trials of life because someday, way back then, you accepted Jesus as your Savior and now in rose-tinted glasses, everything is just wonderful. Well, then you are disillusioned because Jesus has made it very, very clear right here in this parable. Those who love the Lord and are obedient, storms come. And those who are foolish and build on sand, storms come. That is not the most encouraging word, but it is the truth. And so it's important for us what we have done. See, the difference is not that you don't have storms as a Christian, but as a Christian, you have a foundation that will remain standing in any storm. That's the message. Did you get that? The message is that no matter what storm you face in life, because you're willing to do the hard work to build a strong foundation and you are planted on the bedrock of Jesus Christ, then you and your family and your home will remain standing no matter what storms in this life you face. Isn't that what the pandemic has taught us? Isn't that the truth of the reality of the wars and rumors of wars that we're seeing? All the issues that we're beginning to see in society? It is those who have built their lives upon the rock. When the midst of the storm, they will remain standing and firm. See, my friends, we have no control over storms. That's the reality. I'd love to say to you, you could just do that and they'll disappear. Now, we do know that Jesus could stand up in the storm and speak the word and it stopped. And we often pray for that. But the reality is we have no control over the storms. What we have control over is exactly what Jesus said here. Where are you building your life? And on what foundation? That's what you have control over. And ultimately, it will be your choice of how you're going to build your life, how you're going to build your marriage, how are you going to build your family. Last year, as we bring this to a close, it's not even a year ago, June will be a year, often because of everything that's been going on, we kind of miss what happened in the news, but I remember seeing this, that the Champlain Towers South, the 
12-story beachfront condominium in the Miami suburb of Surfside, Florida, all of a sudden just collapsed. And unfortunately, 98 people died that day. Nobody seen it coming that morning when they got up to have their coffee. It seemed like a day like any other day. See, what had happened was, it's, it's on the beachfront. Oh, it was very, very pretty looking. And people loved uh, being there and living there. And, and of course, because I mean, my goodness, it's, it's there in Florida. It's on the beach. It looks beautiful. But what they don't realize in a lot of those old buildings, what they did back in the day is the cement would come and they'd have to mix the cement. And instead of having the cement come from a long distance and made with the proper materials, they, back in the day when these buildings were first built, they would chintz out and do the shortcut of using sand nearby to mix into the cement. Sand that had a lot of salt in it. And so when salt air hit the building and hit the rebar, everything began to crumble and began to rust. And no one not realizing it, but the foundation of underneath was crumbling and the house itself, the building itself, was built on sand. See, Jesus is teaching a principle here that is true even today. That your house is only as good as its foundation. We're going through a lot in our days. We're seeing a lot of storms around us. And unfortunately, we're seeing people fall. But I give God the praise and glory for brothers and sisters in Christ who are still standing. Because they have taken the time to build on the foundation of their faith on Jesus Christ, the bedrock. They're doing the hard work. They're continuing in the things of God. And even now in the storms, we need to continue on in those things that keep us planted and connected to the rock. We need to invest time into reading and studying God's word together. We need to seek God's presence in every decision we make because we are in complicated days. And I know for us as a board, we've continued to pray, God help us, what are we supposed to do? What's coming next? My friends, you're going to have to do the deep work to develop a rich, deep faith, a lasting faith, so that when storms in life blow, you too will remain standing. You today can make that decision today. You can say, Pastor, I've heard what you're saying today, and, and I have this rock, and I want to say that this is where I want to build my life. This is where I want to build my marriage. This is where I want to build our family, upon this rock. I can be honest today and say that often I hear the word, but I don't always do what it says. And with the Holy Spirit's help, I'm not perfect, Pastor. I'm not perfect, Lord. But with the Holy Spirit's help, I want to be a doer of his word. I want to apply it to my life. I want to succeed, so I want to do and follow his blueprints and directions. One of the things that Pastor Mike and I have always done when we purchase a house, uh, we like, you know, usually it's that feeling you get when you walk in. That's what real estate tried to sell you, right? Joel's not here today. But that's what they tried to sell you, is now this younger generation especially, when they walk in, they want a feeling. You know, it's got to be staged a certain way. It's got to look pretty. It's got to be very presentable. It's got to look like a magazine. Well, we're old school. We want to know if it's okay. We want to know what's in behind the walls. We want to make sure it doesn't just look pretty, but it's, it's a good house. So the first thing we do is we pay the money for a house inspection. And uh, 
And Gerald Adams was the one who did the host inspection for us here in Shelton. And the first thing that a host inspector will do is they look beyond the pretty, because they're not paid to look at the pretty. They're looking to see if the house is sound. And the first thing they do is they go down to the crawl space. Ours was a crawl space. They go down to the basement and they check out the foundation and let you know if it's sound or if it's not. Because they know as pretty as the house looks, a storm will come and that house won't remain standing. And so I want us to bow our heads at this moment and I'm going to pray for us. And I want you to picture Jesus himself right now, the master craftsman, the, the great carpenter, the great builder of our faith. And I want this, him, you to see him walking into your life, into your spiritual house, and oh, a lot of things look pretty and impressive. But what would he see if he went down into your foundation? And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would do that work today that only you can do. In that secret place. Lord, we confess today that sometimes life is so busy that we hear the word very quickly and as soon as we leave the church in the afternoon, it's forgotten. We've done our devotions in the morning and life has gotten so busy and chaotic that we even forgot what we read that morning. God, we want to be people who are sensitive and attentive to your word, to your directions, to your blueprints. And we want to hear it, and then we want to apply it. And we want it said of us that we are not just hearers of your word, but we are also doers of your word. Yes. And we can't do it, Lord. We can't do it on our own strength. We need the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. We need the quickening of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to remind us in those times when we have just quickly heard and forgotten. We don't want to be foolish builders. We want to be wise builders. And so, Lord, help us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The worship team is going to come. We're going to sing this song about building our lives. And I just want to encourage you today to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. You know, these are just simple rocks. There's nothing overly fancy about them. But sometimes we need something tangible for us to make a move that no matter how much this week happens and we soon forget and the Holy Spirit can remember us. And say, remember you said you were going to build your life on the rock? And so a lot of us need something tangible. I'm a tangible person. I have things around me that remind me of those those moments, you know, that you build your memorial, you build your altar, you build those places. And I pray that as you've even come in on Sundays, you're being reminded of the commitments you made in the previous Sundays. But I want to encourage you today, as we sing this song, if you're one who says, you know, Lord, I want for you to help me to continue to build on the bedrock of my faith, Jesus. I want to be not just a hearer, but a doer of your word through the Holy Spirit's empowerment then I invite you to come. I know some people might be concerned that, you know, the camera's there. You can come in behind Melvin there and come through. You don't need to be worried about this is not on the camera. And we've even said to those at home at some point, if you want to speak to us and you want us to place a stone for you, we would gladly do that. You can come through the week. 
and spend time and place it. I pray that you'd even take it home if you're not ready today and think about it. But as we sing this song, I encourage you to come because God is telling you to and you're responding to him. God bless you.